Today on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, presented by Outdoor Channel, it's stories from hunting's past. So listen in as outdoor greats recount their fondest moments in the woods, and you'll learn that what defines our sport is a respect for nature and a love for the process and atmosphere of the hunt. Because a hunter who cherishes all of the charms of his or her surroundings can never fail, even if a trophy is not taken. Now, here's Jim and Trev. Stories from hunting's past on today's show! I'm excited. I yelled at you, Jimbo. <laughs> yes, you did. You always do. Long, long time ago. On graduation. <laughs> you just messed up Don McLean! Oh, really? I gotta start that over. Uh-oh. Long, long time ago. What a bonehead. I remember how that hunt... Used to make me smile. You know, I, Mrs. Buddy, how you doing? Is that American Pie? Great. Yes, Don McLean. Who else? I just changed the words. <laughs> it no, sucked. I thought so, that was what it was like. You're good. Yeah. Jimby is talkative. <laughs> All right, you know, pretty cool. We're actually going to be joined by Mr. Greg Ritz. I got to check out his show, Hunt Masters, Mondays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. I think he's going to be doing a two-parter, right? Yeah, I think so. You Re- know, he, he said that he has time if we have time. Reliving some of his uh, fondest moments in the woods. Also, Terry Drury, he's going to be dropping by. Got to check out Drury's 13, Tuesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. Also, Dream Season, The Journey, that is Tuesdays, 10.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. So, got 10, 10.30, and then a Bo Madness, Thursdays, 10 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. And also, Jimby here, you're going to be uh, telling one of your fondest moments in the woods, right? Yeah, actually, I'm going to talk about the smells of hunting. Oh, <laughs> you talk about the smells of me after four hours <laughs> marching in the woods. Mrs. Bunny, what are you going to talk about? We're going to talk Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt? And his contribution to the hunting legacy. All right. Ooh. Teddy Roosevelt, Mrs. Bunny, they're all brought to you by Nissan. Mrs. Bunny, the modern-day Athena, brings wisdom courage and outdoor history as she rolls in her nissan modern day athena i'm the goddess of hunting war <laughs> you are <laughs> yeah she was also the goddess Fortitude. of uh, mathematics i think right i was and i yeah. shop with a crossbow on the back <laughs> <laughs> she shops to the woods all right mrs bunny yeah. take it away uh teddy roosevelt one of the most remembered presidents of the united states 26th president wasn't he the youngest president ever 42. He yeah. held office at the age of 42. He also was one of the most decorated New York State Assemblymen, Deputy Sheriff in the, De- in the Dakota Territory, Police Commissioners of New York City, U.S. Civil Service Commissioner, Assistant Secretary of the Navy. So he was an overachiever. Yeah, Colonel of the Rough Riders, Governor of New York, and Vice President. He had a lot of credits uh, during his time in office. However, some of his greatest legacy is in the field of conservation. He set aside 150 national forests, 51 federal bird reservations, five national parks, 18 national National Monuments, the list goes on and on. He is one of the most decorated in the in the way of conservation. However, the beloved teddy bear also comes from our beloved Teddy Roosevelt. Like the actual teddy bear, children's huggable, lovable yeah. animal. That's why it's called a teddy bear is after Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, really? It's after yeah. him? Yeah. It all started with a hunting trip that he took in 1902 in Mississippi. 
at the invitation of the Mississippi governor, um, Andrew Longino. And after three days of hunting... That's uh, a good name. Yes. (laughs) After three days of hunting, other members of the party there had spotted bears, but Roosevelt hadn't spotted or shot anything. So um, they didn't want the president's hunt to be a failure. How awful would it be to invite the president to come and uh, he didn't get any game? So the next day... I feel that way when I take Jimbo hunting. That's it. (laughs) The next day, the hunting uh, guides tracked down an old black bear and they had dogs trail it for quite a while and Uh the dogs finally attacked it. And so they were able to catch up with it and the guides tied the bear, tied him down to a willow tree and they call the president Whoa. like they're like what's up here's a bear for you to shoot and there's this wait wait hold on a second they caught a bear and tied it to a tree that they did a willow yes <laughs> well, that's what people do for me did they tranquilize him or did they like man up and like totally wrestle this bear to the ground I, was, no they taught him how to tie a slip knot it was oh. 1902 i don't know how much modern tranquilization they had i don't know but. that is awesome i did the feat that these guys actually tied a living bear, bear to, to a, a tree. tree imagine having to untie it <laughs> what exactly. no do, no finish, i'm sorry finish the story so what happened okay so roosevelt that he gets out there to the woods. And they have a bear tied to a tree. in front of the tree and he looks Roosevelt. at it. He looks at it and he's going, no, I'm not going to shoot that. He refuses to shoot oh, it. they wanted him to shoot it. Yeah, they wanted him to go oh, out there and shoot it. Like, they found him a bear and here That's it is. Terrible. Go ahead and shoot it. So, he felt, he's standing out there and he refused to shoot it. He felt like it would be an unsportsmanlike and unethical and stuff. Well, yeah. However, since he was already injured and suffering, he ordered that the bear be put down, but he did not do it. He said, you know, it was already injured by the dogs and stuff. It had been attacked and stuff. He said oh. it needs to be put down. So, words of this hit the newspapers across the country. This great hunter. And and um, you have the political cartoons in the newspapers, you know, and somebody picked up on the story and they drew a cartoon showing President Roosevelt re- refusing to shoot the bear while hunting in Mississippi. And huh. so in the foreground shows um, R- Roosevelt and in the background, it's a guide and a bear about the same size. And there was different versions of the cartoon, some with the bear afraid and shaking and all this stuff. But however, that was the political cartoon that ran. Uh-huh. Yeah. So no, no, that that's where the phrase skate bear came in. Skate bear. No. Oh, Escape. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. I might be the goddess of war, but I'm I'm the else. Not the goddess of Teddy Roosevelt. No. So, um, in Brooklyn, in New York, a candy shop owner named Miss Mitch or Morris Mitchum saw the political cartoon, and he had an idea. He wanted to put this teddy bear that his wife made into the window, and so he asked the president if he could call these bears teddy bears. And so back then, it was just called like a stuffed bear, probably. Yeah. So he at he. He asked the president, like, wrote him? Yeah. Wrote really? Him. <clears throat> yeah. Can I name a child's toy after you? Yeah. And uh, Roosevelt said, yeah. So the rapid popularity of these bears led him, this this Mitchum, this candy shop owner, to mass produce them and eventually form the ideal novelty and toy company. The, the teddy really? bear was the beginning of this toy company. All because of his, his sportsmanship. That's in Mississippi it. in 1902. That, that is amazing. Yeah. That is so cool, Mrs. Bonnie. Yeah. Thank you for taking it. You know, we are talking about stories from hunting's past on today's show. Yeah! <laughs> I don't know why I did that. <laughs> what comes over? You know, it's, you know, it's like a cloud descends over you. I and look then at next you, thing you know, we don't know what's coming out now. When I look at Jumbo, I just scream. <laughs> My in- I get that a lot. He's tearing up my insides. I scare babies. <laughs> all right, so you know, this is kind of cool. We're going to be hearing stories like this all throughout the show. I don't know how many it was there. Uh, anybody else have an animal named after them? Yeah, well, and there might be an element of truth to all of it. No, no. Did no. anybody <laughs> forget about the bunny rabbit? Oh, yes. I'm here to inspire <laughs> one and all. Because <laughs> she is. Rabbit? The bunny. Name, he asked if anybody had an animal named after him here. You have, oh, yeah. You all have bunny. bunny sitting oh. in studio. All I was thinking like how name- the word bunny came about. Because yeah. how do you get bunny out of rabbit? Well, you have bunny and she runs like a rabbit. <laughs> 
she's prolific like them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, stories from hunting's past on today's show. Coming up after the break, though, we're going to be joined by Mr. Greg Ritz of Huntmasters. Got to hop on Outdoor Channel, uh, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. That is Monday's Watch His Show. We're going to be doing a doubleheader with him. Yeah, yeah. Two parts. That's two parts. For you know Jim what? It's, you know, you, in the very first part, I'll bet you it's going to knock your socks off, but when he brings in the second half, it's always the better stuff. You know that? So you're saying he's going to suck in the first interview, so tune that well, out. he probably could. <laughs> oh, no, actually, Greg is always really good. Thanks for really adding to yeah. this. <laughs> well, I try right, to. All right, so uh, total letdown. Mrs. Bunny, you're always cool, though. Thank you. You bring the best stuff to the table. I try. All right, Jim B doesn't. <laughs> All right, so big shout-out to Outdoor Channel, outdoorchannel.com forward slash revolution, Nissan, nissanusa.com, Remington, remington.com, High Mount Seasonings, H-I-M-T-N-Jerky.com. And Cabela's. World's foremost outfitter, cabela's.com. That's right. All righty, Mr. Greg Ritz, Hunt Masters Monday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. He is coming up next. Here is a word for Mark. Don't go anywhere, Mr. Bunny. You're actually going to be coming back later, right? I'm going to stick around for Jim's story. We're gonna. Uh, Jim's going to talk about sniffing things. <laughs> <laughs> All right, don't go anywhere as we talk more about stories from hunting's past with Greg Ritz right after this. Fred Bear, legendary bow hunter and founder of Bear Archery, has a few great hunting quotes under his belt, but this is one of our favorites. A hunt based only on the trophies taken falls far short of what the ultimate goal should be. JimandTrav.com. Mother tested. Hunter approved. Gun Stories takes you on an intriguing journey through firearms history. Join host Joe Montaigne as he explores classics from around the world. From the Gatling gun to the iconic British brand. Through today's cutting edge firearms. Gun Stories. History unholstered. All new episodes, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern. Exclusively on Outdoor Channel. If you're like us, you love the outdoors. It's that special place where you can forget the day-to-day and just unwind. It's your sanctuary, your heaven on earth. We're in the same boat, which is why we built just the vehicle to take you there. The 2015 Nissan Titan. It's our biggest, baddest, most capable pickup truck that sports a beefy 317 horsepower from a massive V8 engine complete with a one-ton payload and up to a hardcore 9,500 pounds of towing capability, giving you more than enough power to get your boat out of the driveway and into the lake. See you out on the water. Nissan. Innovation that excites. Available features. See Nissan Towing Guide and Owner's Manual for proper use. Cargo and load capacity limited by weight and distribution. Always secure all cargo. This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav, presented by Outdoor Channel. And it's also a place where you don't have to wear any pants. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna put my pants back on. Now, here are the boys. This is a revolution with Jim and Trav, and before the break, we heard from Mrs. Bunny, and she talked about Theodore Roosevelt. I wait with bated breath every single time you open an interview. <laughs> it just blows me away, your originality. Well, yes. I, I, I try hard. Talking about the history of uh, Teddy Roosevelt as a hunter and where the term teddy bear Statesman. actually came yeah. from. And I... Oh, yes, yes. One, two, one, with Greg 
<laughs> that was terrible. All right, so we are talking he about must stories. Be your next guest. Stories from Hunting's Past on today's show. Got to check out Mr. Greg Ritz. Hunt Mondays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. All right, so let's just hop right into this, Greg. Um, direct quote from you. Hand it down. Now, uh, when you were 12, you were introduced to the sport of hunting. By uh, Billy Bob. By by a guy named Bill and a guy named Bob. Yeah, combine them. It's Billy Bob. Um, and you say they ignited your passion for hunting. Uh, expound on that, Greg. What, what do you mean by that? What have they done for you, man? Well, you know, uh, ever since I grew up, I was always part of the outdoors. You know, I started up fishing and in the Boy Scouts and got involved in archery. So I always had a connection with the outdoors. But uh, when, I, when my parents uh, moved out to the country, um, we live right across the street from a, a reservoir called Liberty Reservoir. It's 3,500 acres. Oh, wow. Oh, holy uh, cow. surrounded this water body, and it was bow hunting only. And uh, it was truly, and of course, you know, remember, you're going back, I hate to say, 30 years ago, Uh-oh. right? <laughs> uh, or, or more, so I just dated myself right there. <laughs> and uh, so back then, bow hunting was not the sport that it is today. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, my next door neighbor was a big hunter. He hunted with a bow and a muzzleloader and a rifle and went down the eastern shore of Maryland, traveled to uh, the big forest of uh, western Virginia. And I just started tagging along on these adventures, and it didn't take very long before uh, it got in my blood, and that's what I wanted to do every weekend. Yeah. Well, you know, and the thing is, now that now that you, uh, you've learned how to do that, uh, it, as you said, it has shaped your life. But through your program, Hunt Masters, which is on Outdoor Channel, what um, Mondays, Mondays at 8.30 8 p.m. Eastern time, uh, you're actually helping the people that are watching that program uh, to be better people as well, just by being armchair adventurers. It, exactly. I want to try to give everybody the true experience of what I was blessed to do uh, and go to some of the locations that they may never think of doing. And uh, and maybe it creates a little bit of inspiration. Maybe it motivates them to uh, to get out of their armchair or their couch and go participate in the outdoors yeah once you can talk with uh, mr greg risk gotta check out hunt masters mondays 8 30 p.m eastern time on outdoor channel now was there like a defining moment as a teenager maybe a specific hunt uh that stands out the most to you man uh well as a young man absolutely so i finally was old enough to go uh hunt with bob and bill uh-huh in Virginia, George Washington National Forest. Now, you oh, have wow. to understand, this is a million acres. Yeah. A million acres. It's a national forest that, that the public can hunt, still to this day. And the way these <laughs> rogue hunters like to hunt it is <laughs> they would uh, stage everything at a camp, then backpack in four or five miles. Wow. And then they would set up a spike camp, and they would stay there for four or five days, come out, get some more food, you know, get some fresh clothes and then backpack back in. They would stay there for two weeks. Oh, wow. So I finally got, uh, I was finally old enough. My parents said, okay, uh, you can take off a couple of days of school. You know, it was around the Thanksgiving time frame and you can go hunting with these guys. So that first kind of adventure experience, I mean, I'd hunted all over Maryland, but I had never been really to the mountains mm-hmm. and really didn't live out of a backpack for two weeks. And that experience and shooting a small little six pointer, uh, never forget it with a 708 Remington and, you know, right in the saddle of this mountain. But what was really interesting about this, we all split up and we all picked our areas to hunt is I chose this spot. You know, I'm 14 years old, 15 years old. I'm, I'm not even legal to drive. Yeah. And, uh, so I figured it out. I killed this mountain deer, but then everything was up to me. I had to gut it out. I had to drag it out miles back to the cabin. 
Yeah. And it wasn't until I think I was in my 30s, uh, Bob and I were talking about this hunt, and he said, uh, you know, I meant to tell you years ago, I'm really proud of you for killing that deer and all the effort it took. I said, well, I appreciate that. Why bring that up now? He said, well, <laughs> he said, I sat up on top of that mountain and watched you drag that deer back all the way. <laughs> and I'm like, well, why did you come down and help? He said, that's the passage of becoming a man. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Now, now in the, you, you've been on the show before, and, of course, you've talked about some exciting times you've had where you've landed on an airstrip that really wasn't even an airstrip. You've danced with the pygmies. You were on the, what, You've had Pakistan? the KGB yeah, pull guns yeah, on you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and and uh, through all of that, I mean, you're still out there, and you're still giving it every week. How in the heck do you keep that up? You know, it, it's the thrill. You know, I, I'm asked all the time, uh, you know, what is your most favorite hunt? And it's always my next hunt. And, uh, and it doesn't matter whether I'm going to the cabin in Illinois or whether I'm going to hang off the mountainside in British Columbia or dance with the pygmies in Africa. Uh, all of those give me the opportunity to experience something new. And it's the, also the challenge of bringing this world to the viewers. I really, I live for capturing this on film. So when people watch it, they feel inspired. I love to see the Facebook post and the people who call in and say, hey, what outfitter are you going with? And, you know, I had my taxidermist of all people, uh, you know, contacted me a couple months ago and said, hey, because of you, I booked a trip to Azerbaijan. Oh, wow. Yeah. How Holy cool crap. Because, <laughs> you know, he got a chance to mount the tour that I killed there. And, of course, we had an opportunity to share the experiences and the pictures and all those memories. And I created that inspiration in him, so I feel that I am helping to pass down the legacy of hunting. And if I have to do it one person at a time, well, then I can look back over my career and say that I've motivated thousands of people. You bet. Hey, we got to leave it right there, Greg. We've been talking with Greg Gritz, and of course, he has a program on Outdoor Channel called Hunt Masters. He is America's storyteller. It's at 8.30 Monday nights. That's right. PM, don't miss it. Uh, now, Greg, we got to get to a break. Would you mind coming back, man, for another part? I'd love to. All right, big shout-out to Outdoor Channel, Remington, and Nissan. Now, Mr. Greg, before we get to a break, where can we find you online, man? Uh, you can find me on uh, Huntmasters.com, and uh, don't forget to check out Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All right, so don't go anywhere. Mr. Greg Ritz with Huntmasters. He's coming up next. Here's Mark. Bring this Theodore Roosevelt quote to the table next time you get into a heated debate about the moral rectitude of hunting and see what happens. In a civilized and cultivated country, wild animals only continue to exist at all when preserved by sportsmen. JimandTrav.com. Proven resourceful by 10 out of 10 hunters. Out here on the edge of serenity. I will push further, building courage, testing my boundaries, empowering change, giving me the wisdom to become limitless. Thursdays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, exclusively on Outdoor Channel. Cabela's is the world's foremost outfitter for hunting, fishing, and outdoor gear. You can outfit all your needs through Cabela's catalogs, online, and their many stores. With the best selection, prices, and quality, all backed by a legendary guarantee. For the best in outdoor gear, go to www.cabelas.com. 
full meals for three in a pack thanks to High Mountain Seasonings. Just add boiling water and you have a satisfying meal when in the field or anytime. Go to HIMTNJerky.com or call 1-800-829-2285. Introducing the fastest, most effective way to clean your gun barrel, the new Remington Squeegee. To use it, simply scrub your bore with a wire brush and a few drops of Remington's All-In Cleaner to loosen any fouling. Then attach your Remington squeegee to the end of a cleaning rod or cable. And with one pull through the bore, you're done. Fast, easy, and completely reusable. Say goodbye to your father's old gun cleaning patches. And hello to 21st century gun care technology. Look for it at your favorite sporting goods retailer. It's stories from hunting's past on The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Presented by Outdoor Channel. Now, here's part two with Greg Ritz. Hey, we're back. Before the break, we were talking with Greg Ritz, part one. Uh, he's coming up in the second part. We're talking about stories from hunting's past. That's actually this part. It is this part? This is the next one. The double header of the double header. <laughs> All right, so yeah, stories Who's from pitching? <laughs> I don't know Who's right now. Who's on first? All right, stories from hunting's past on today's show. Mr. Greg Ritz, if you didn't fall, that was before the break, and he's still with us. Got to check out Huntmasters. It's uh, Tuesday nights at uh, 9.30. <laughs> or Mondays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on it's Outdoor what, Channel. It's so good, it should be on Twitch. You know, he said it's on at nighttime, and he was right. All right, so let's just get into uh, Raisin Ripe. That is the title of an episode you have where you actually take out your daughter, Sydney. Who's 12. Who's 12 years old, and she harvests a spectacular eight-point whitetail. Uh, now, was that all a part of your master plan to have her harvest a, a buck at the same age you did when you went out with uh, Bill and Bob, or Billy Bob, as Jimbo would say? I like Billy Bob. Or, or, or was that just uh, purely a coincidence, man? Well, it's uh, probably just the right time. Really? You know, all of my girls, since they were uh, old enough to hold a gun or to shoot a bow, have participated in the outdoors. But it's it's really a uh, an honor to harvest an animal. It's a privilege. Yeah. And it needs to be taken seriously. So I think, uh, you know, all kids, they have to hit the right emotional level, not just physical level where they can physically do it, but emotionally appreciate the moment. And uh, for me, it was 12 years old. And for my daughter, Sydney, it's 12. And in fact, this year, I'm going to film uh, uh, with my middle daughter, Sienna, and she's 11. And uh, I think there's that pivotal age where they, uh, where they truly understand everything that goes into uh, the aspect of hunting. Now, how many kids do you have? I have three girls. Three, three girls. Oh, holy holy cow. cow. That's a lot of estrogen to float in. I live in the estrogen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So having three girls, I have two myself, two boys and two girls. And if you turn on the news, I think, oh, hell, I'm scared uh, when they get to be teenagers. You know, what does it mean, though, to pass down this legacy, this tradition, this way of life to your children? Because th- the same approach you take with your kids you take with your audience weekly. You know, be, to be able to share it with your kids is something that you cannot understand the pride that you have until you do it. Yeah. Because when you when you go out hunting yourself or even with a friend, it's all about you. But when you take your child, somebody that you've raised and instilled the uh, respect for the outdoors and watch them do it on your own, I can't pull the trigger for Sydney, right? Yeah. I can't be that person. And you have to let them go at that moment. 
which I guess I got to get used to that. When she turns 16, I got to let her start driving too. <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh. But uh, it, it was a real rite of passage. And I was so proud of her because she had practiced, had done everything right. She made the decision to harvest the deer. If she decided she didn't want to, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not about the kill. It really isn't. But, uh, you know, to watch her take a hold of that situation, make an incredible shot and how she conducted herself afterwards, something I'll never forget. Yeah, once again, talk with uh, Mr. Greg Rich. Got to check out Huntmasters Mondays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. Now, it seems like, especially in today's age, most kids, even young adults, we're not very grounded. We, like you were talking about, appreciating game, appreciating anything. You know, it seems like everybody has everything given to them and they don't understand the value of something. Or the value of life. Whether it's a human life, an animal's life. Do you see, though, that hunting helps keep your own kids more grounded compared to their friends that might not be hunters? No, no, no question. Um, kids today and, and really, I guess the, uh, the X generation, right? Everything <laughs> is disposable. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, you know, games are disposable, foods disposable, relationships are disposable. And I think when you can connect them to the outdoors, they understand that there is a sustainability that you have to achieve in life. There's a balance. And, uh, and, and that's tough. Uh, on Sundays, you know, all the kids unplug. There's no television. There's no iPods, there's no iPhones, there's no i-anything. So it's just something we have to find a way to enjoy ourselves. It could be playing board games on a rainy day, or it could be taking a hike, or it could be shooting our bows in the backyard. It's something that you're going to do that doesn't require electricity. Well, I I think that uh, with me, uh, you know, a rite of passage uh, for people, you know, when they first begin to hunt, they want to shoot everything. Oh, yeah. And then they become a little more selective. And then you get to a point like where I'm at that I would rather see my son, my granddaughter, grandson uh, harvest it rather than myself, because I know if I can get them to it, I could have taken it anyhow. You know, and that's really the whole message that we embody in this show. Raise them right. It is not only taking my daughter hunting for the first time, but it's trying to teach her some of the big life lessons, right, uh, about patience and respect. But there's also kind of a twist of the story because at the end of the episode, I kill a deer by the name of Curly. Mm-hmm. This deer is five and a half years old. So when I oh, wow. started hunting on this farm, the deer was just born. Yeah. And I raised him and I nurtured him and I washed him and I planted food plots and kept him protected because in the state of Illinois, you know, everybody shoots anything, <laughs> brown it down. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I felt that fear, you know, watching this deer go through the, the season at three and four, whether he was going to survive. And it's those same feelings that you have raising your kids, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. And uh, and it was neat to see that come full circle uh, when he reached maturity. And, uh, and you know, he was a ghost on, on the property. Yeah. Uh, he was a phantom. He was an aberration. And I only saw him once. Uh, prior to uh, harvesting him, but I knew he was there because every year I get hundreds of Reconyx pictures with him. And uh-huh. uh, so I felt like I had this relationship with this deer, and then the finally outsmart him when he was at his peak yeah. uh, really uh, created a sense of accomplishment for me. But at the same time, it created a very somber moment because now the end of the story. You bet. Hey, we've been talking with Greg Gritz. He has a program called Huntmasters. It's on Outdoor Channel at uh, Monday at, uh, looks like, 8.30, according to Teleprompter. It, it would appear to be 8.30. <laughs> it has to change. All right, stories from Hunting's Past. Uh, this concludes our doubleheader with uh, Mr. Greg Ritz. And, and you won. Yeah, Greg, if you want to find, if we, if anybody wants to find out more about Huntmasters, uh, where can we find you online, buddy? 
Uh, you can find me at HuntMasters.com or uh, Greg Ritz uh, at HuntMasters on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All right, HuntMasters.com. Simple as that. All right, Jimmy, who we got coming up next? Hey, coming up next is me. Oh, you're going to talk about your sniffer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The smells of hunting. The smells of hunting. <laughs> this sounds like oh, fun. I, can, I cannot wait. <laughs> All right, so big shout out to Outdoor Channel, also Cabela's, Remington, and Nissan. Got to get to break. Here is a word from Mr. Panari. Don't go anywhere. Mr. Angry Voice is coming up. Uh, Greg, dude, you, you are so awesome, man. God bless you, and we appreciate you calling in, buddy. Have a great day, guys. We like this Aldo Leopold quote because it analyzes a piece of hunting that few of us consider. A peculiar virtue in wildlife ethics is that the hunter ordinarily has no gallery to applaud or disapprove of his conduct, whether his acts that are dictated by his own conscience rather than by a mob of onlookers. It is difficult to exaggerate the importance of this fact. JimandTrav.com. We're pro-beard and proud of it. Enter a world where fantasy becomes real. Where gun lovers can buy, sell, and play. Where you can blow anything up. Guntucky, the most explosive place in America. Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Exclusively on Outdoor Channel. High Mountain Seasonings, the world's best kits for turning your game into jerky and sausage. Look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com. Dream hunts, 1,000 dream photos, hundreds of dream hunting stories. Buy Colorado's biggest bucks and bulls at 719-661-4037 to live the dream. When you're hunting dangerous game, trouble can sneak up on you from any angle. Well, in the gun cabinet, rust and corrosion can do the same to your guns, and you won't know it until it's too late. Over time, gun care products break down and lose their ability to prevent rust. To protect your equipment, Remington Gun Care reminds you to inspect and clean your guns twice a year, even in climate-controlled environments. Remington Gun Care. Look for it wherever you buy your favorite shooting supplies. Critics agree. The Revolution with Jim and Trav is one of the best programs out there. It's despicable. Loved by all. Talking and disgusting. Respected by our peers. Very bad. Embarrassing and inappropriate behavior. Feel the love. This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Brought to you by Nissan. Stories from hunting's past. Mine's not as prolific as yours. It's not, just doesn't have the tone. You gotta be more full of it. Stories from hunting's past. That was good. You sound like the ghost of Christmas. I know, right? I sensed testicles in that. (laughs) That was good. Yeah, and it's yours. All right, so we are talking about stories from hunting's past on today's show. Jimbo, you are the salami in today's show. I am. I I fill everybody up. Uh, before the break, Greg Ritz, uh, Hudmasters. Got to check him out Mondays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. All right, so Jimbo, a brief description. What are you going to be talking about? Hey, we're going to talk about smells of hunting. All right, Jim, and these smells, they're uh, brought to you by Nissan. Gather round, hunters, for Jimby the Great has a hunting tale of long, long ago. 
that'll warm your hearts and fill your minds with fascination and wonder. Now shut up and listen. Jimby, you sound like a knight. <laughs> Sir Jimby. <laughs> Sir Jimby. Hey, that's great. All right, so Mrs. Bunny here with Jimby. Uh, tell us about your sniffer. Well, you know, the thing is, uh, when I went to Africa uh, and I walked into the chateau, they call it. That's the building that you stay in. They had coal oil lamps burning. And that brought me back to northern Michigan when I was just a young guy, probably nine, ten years old, going into my uncle's cabin and that smell. And you think about it, over the years, you guys have experienced smells that are brings you back to another time in your life. Another one is waking up to the smell of frying bacon, coffee perking. Oh, man, those are two really great smells. What do they remind you of, though? Well, they just remind me of an, another time when I didn't have to worry about bills. A different era. Yeah. Of hunting and fishing. Yeah, well, you know, at that time, I I couldn't carry a gun in the woods. I was too young, but I could go out and I could hunt with with my father. And uh, you get up and you're with all of the big guys. You know, I'm talking about my, my dad's brothers, and there was seven of them, you know. And so uh, they're all running around. You're just about uh, waist high to these guys. And so you had a lot of different smells that you could smell <laughs> from time to time. But the thing is, whenever I, even today, when, when uh, Miss Terry is frying bacon, it reminds me of being in my uncle's honey camp. So it takes you back to a time when life was easier. It was simpler. Yeah. That's yeah. what, that's what hunting in essence symbolizes for you. Well, yeah. Well, you know, when you, when you think about the guys that were hunting subsistent hunting, it wasn't easy. I mean, you're out there and if you didn't take something, if you didn't harvest something, if you didn't kill something, uh, your family didn't eat. Mm-hmm. And so talk about pressure. You know, you've got, you know, your little brothers and sisters looking at you. Or you've got your son or daughter looking at you like, hey, Dad, where's the food? You've got to get out there and do it. Now, with me going back to 1958, 59, 60, none of you guys were even born then. But I can remember those times. It's like walking through Macy's department store and you walk down the uh, the uh, aisle where the, the ladies have their perfume. And if I ever smell Chanel number no. five, that is like my all time favorite uh, perfume for ladies. And I don't care what they have now. And Miss Terry wears some really nice perfumes. But Chanel number no. five. I hate the it, stuff she wears. I know it. <laughs> it is terrible. I keep trying it permeates to into- everything it's like a skunk. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, you tell the truth. It makes me nauseous when I smell her. All right. I'm going to give you another smell. Oh, Think no. about the smell of the woods in the fall when it's just a little damp out. Isn't that a great smell? Or how about that fresh shot shotgun shell when you get that wave of uh, of black powder or powder in the air, that little bit of sulfur and so forth? It just, I don't know, just takes you back to a time in your life when when everything was right with the world. So your sniffer. Well, you know, they, they say your, your eyesight, your hearing, and your sense of smell. Those are your, you know, three things that keep you going. But I think the sense of smell is probably the strongest for me to be able to take me back to another time. Uh, there's another one that that I go to when I was so uh, well old enough to hunt. Now I'm probably 11 or 12 years old. We would go to Spencer's Hardware in Armada, Michigan. Okay, and we would buy our hunting license. You had to fill it out. You had to sign it. They gave you uh, your license, which had to be sewn on the back of your shirt or jacket that you were going to wear. Uh huh. But when you walked in there, there was a smell of gun oil. And hoppies, mm-hmm. you know, which to this day, absolutely love the smell. But when oh, I yeah. smell that, it takes me back to Spencer's Hardware. So, you know, when you think about it, go back and, and uh, test your, your memory with smell. 
and see where it takes you to. You have nose nostalgia. Oh, I like that. <laughs> nostalgia. Can I ask yeah, you, Mr. Yeah. Funny, what print is on his shirt? Paisley? Is That's what Paisley? I was wondering. Paisley, you're wearing Bahama. a sky blue shirt with Paisley print talking about Chanel number no. five. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And, and I'm going to set and this up. I have up. a nylon on one leg. You're wearing a therapeutic <laughs> stocking. Yes, I am. For circulation. And you have no shoes on. <laughs> and this is a hunting show. Well, and, and I'm pregnant, so I'm almost barefoot and pregnant. All right. So these smells. I'm of, pregnant with thought. These smells. That's just weird. I know. You could stop. <laughs> the smells of hunting is what you enjoy the most. Yes. Really? Yes, it really is. Yeah, I like the first thing you brought up was bacon. Yeah. Goes back to bacon. Yeah. Everything goes back to bacon. It does. All right, so we got to get to a break. Coming up next, though, we got Mr. Terry Drury. I got to take a deep breath for this. Got to check out Drury's 13 Tuesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel, plus Dream Season The Journey. That is Tuesdays, 10 30 p.m. Eastern Time, and uh, Bow Madness Thursdays, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, all on Outdoor Channel. He is coming up next. Don't go anywhere as we talk more about stories from hunting's past. This is funny. I'm going to go get a cup. Of coffee. She's gonna smell things on the way. Yeah. You gotta pass the, the break room and the bathroom. Oh wow. All good smells. <laughs> All right, Jimby. Yes. High five. There you go. Smell away, buddy. Here's word from Mark. Don't go anywhere. Big shout out to Outdoor Channel, Nissan, and Remington. We'll return right after this. A. Swan, in his book, In Defense of Hunting, thoughtfully crafted this eloquent yet bold statement. The emotions that good hunters need to cultivate are love and service more than courage. The sentiments of the hunt then become translated into art. JimandTrav.com. It's where your wives and girlfriends spend all of their free time. Looking for the ultimate cooking machine for your backyard or patio? Look no further than Camp Chef's new pellet grill and smoker. With user-friendly features like an auto-ignition, digital readouts, and internal meat temperature sensors, it's easy to smoke the tastiest salmon, ribs, brisket, and turkey you'll ever eat. And an innovative system makes cleanup a snap. Everyone will want the food you're cooking on your Camp Chef pellet grill and smoker. The quality smoker that's second to none. Find out more at CampChef.com. Camp Chef, the way to cook outdoors. Located in the heart of Maui's premier resort, Kanapali Beach Hotel is officially recognized as Hawaii's most Hawaiian hotel and the number one best value in Hawaii. With a range of accommodations and affordable dining options, this is the ideal setting to turn Hawaiian dreams into lifelong memories. Live Hawaiian entertainment every evening, free year-round children's programs, weekly arts and crafts fairs, welcome breakfast, and departure kukui lei ceremonies add to the value. Swim in the whale-shaped pool. Indulge in the fabulous spa and hotel salon. Enjoy Hawaiian hospitality at its best at the Ka'anapali Beach Hotel. Call 800-262-8450 or go to kbhmaui.com. That's kbhmaui.com. Aloha. We're loud. hey Rude. I'm not being mean. And drink way too much. Uh. This is The Revolution with Jim and Trev. Presented by Outdoor Channel. 
Have you just joining us? I'm ticked off with you. I want you to know that you missed me. You, what did you talk about? The smells of hunting. You know, take a listen to this real quick. Revolution Rewind. And if I ever smell Chanel number no. five, it reminds me of being in my uncle's honey camp. And uh, we didn't have many uh, pine trees. Oh, man, those are two really great smells. What do they remind you of, though? Well, they just remind me of an, another time when I didn't have to worry about bacon coffee perking. That's what you sound like. <laughs> really? Yes. Ooh, I like that. All right, so a story from Hunting's Past on today's show. Yes, uh, to rehash this, we you miss Mrs. Bunny, you miss the doubleheader with Greg Ritz, also Jimby here, yeah, and uh, Gumby's weirder brother. Yeah. Um, And uh, just now being joined by Mr. Terry Jury. Great guy. Yeah, Terry Jury is a great guy. You know, they, they, they own Outdoor Channel. They do. How they, many shows do they have, like they 15 have or something? Jury's 13. Got to check it out Tuesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. And following that right after that 10 30 p.m. Eastern time dream season the journey and the bow madness that is thursdays 10 p.m. Eastern time uh, on outdoor channel terry is a nobleman he's busy too he is handsome all day long he is definitely the best looking of the two brothers in pajamas oh yeah uh now terry i uh, during the break you were just i mean you always rehash we were kibitzing some of your fondest moments in the woods some of it is spent hunting or behind a camera a lot of it does hit the cutting room floor just pull something out man uh, right now on the spot, what, what is one of your fondest memories in the woods, buddy? Well, I'll tell you, you know, when we started out back in the day, there were only a handful of producers, uh, Primos, Realtree, and the, the guys at Mossy Oak and a little bit with Harold and David, you know, busting into the industry might've been just a little bit easier back then, but the chess match with whitetails was a learning curve or learning experience for Mark and I. So being able to overcome and uh, trying to kind of prove that you could do it and, and had a right to be here was not that easy. Mm-hmm. And every day was a learning experience. So some of my fondest memories were when I was behind a camera in lieu of being in front of the camera, because where we came from, it was kind of, if it was brown, it was down. We, yeah. we grew up as, as firearms hunters and then slowly morphed into the archery hunters. And once we started doing that, and I'm talking about in our hometown, our home area here, it just, you know, took off for us. So being able to overcome and be, and saying that we deserve or have the right to be in this industry was really a long, long trek. Yeah. And I can re- recall a couple of, of hunts that I was really, really happy with, very proud of. One, and these weren't big deer. I mean, these were just average, normal deer, maybe three and a half year old, 120, 125 inches. But I, I vividly recall a deer that Mark killed. I was behind the camera. He was hunting. It was a land bridge, a little land bridge in the timber up in Iowa. And we had scouted it out and hung it and uh, played the wind right and all those things. And the footage was absolutely impeccable. It was like one of the best jobs that I had ever done. And this was, I'm talking 25 years ago. Yeah. Uh, but it was a beautiful, beautiful morning, you know, crisp, clear morning sun high in the sky and I'm going to say maybe 830-ish, you know, temps were, were just right and the deer come waltzing through like they're supposed to, read the script, uh, did the dog and pony show and Mark <laughs> put a shot on like he always does. He's yeah. a tremendous, tremendous shot and uh, I'm, I'm going to say that was one of them and then the other one was with my son Matt when he harvested his first deer oh, really? uh, with a bow. So it was more so about being behind the camera and doing a good job from a video standpoint than it was about harvesting the animal. And neither one of them were, were record book status. They were just nice, solid deer. But back then, it was a big deal. Yeah. Well, I can remember uh, t- taking Trav out on and him getting his very first hunt. I was sitting right next to him. 
and he shot a really nice uh, mule deer doe coming up out of the the bottoms. And uh, it, it was like I was, I, I mean, I was there, but it was like I was doing it as I was watching him do it. It's oh, yeah. kind of an extension. You're, you're living vicariously through the person you're with. Now, what is that like um, being able to work so closely with your brother, uh, with your son, with your niece? Especially in the outdoors. I mean, let's face it, hunting and fishing, that's more of a family tradition. Um, what does that mean to you? Well, you know what? Working with family probably throws out challenges that you wouldn't you wouldn't normally have in another business. But yeah. with those challenges, you have to be prepared to jump over the hurdles. And uh, Mark and I, a long time ago, we didn't G-haw so well, okay? <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of knockdown drag outs in the tree and on the way to the tree and climbing the tree. And it was and where to hang and how high and everything was an issue. And then one day we put our minds to it and said, you know what, if we can't enjoy this, yeah. we're not going to do it. And from that day forward, it's been absolutely a uh, tremendous delight hunting with him, hunting with Taylor, hunting with Matt, my son. And uh, I can't tell you how much pleasure you get out of watching someone else harvest an animal. And when you do it with regularity and you do it with consistency, all of a sudden people expect that. But there are no guarantees in hunting, and the deer never read the script. So there's always those challenges. And Mark and I made every mistake in the book, and we were learning as we went. We were learning going along the way, and uh, we're very, very analytical when it comes to whitetail hunting. We don't forget. You know, we log everything away, and we were studying body posture and thermals and, and access and moon phase and barometric pressure. We were studying all of that way back in the day before anybody was even talking about it. And uh, we, we kind of compiled all that information in our beady little mind. <laughs> and that was kind of how the, uh, the fruition came for, as far as the show 13 is right now. We, we have never disclosed it and never opened it up. He and I discussed it on a regular basis, but we thought, you know what, it's time to bring it forward because it's worked so well for us over the years that uh, we wanted to share it. You bet. Hey, we got to leave it right there. We've been talking with Terry Drury, and of course, he has a bunch of shows on Outdoor Channel. That's right. Make sure you tune in and watch Drury's 13. That is Tuesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. And following right after that dream season, The Journey. That is Tuesdays, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Also, Bold Madness, Thursdays, 10 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. Make sure you watch their shows. Uh, Now, Mr. Terry, where can we find you online, buddy? Just take a look at DruryOutdoors.com. All right, there you have it. Just hop online, check them out, all their social media. You can find about he and Mark. Yeah, such a, the jury's great people. You're not going to find better people in the outdoors. All right, so they, coming they up. They live in a town called Osceola. Osceola. Coming up next is the close. That's sad. This is coming to an end of uh, Stories from Hunting's Past. Big shout out to Outdoor Channel. Also Remington, Nissan, Cabela's, I'm Out Seasonings. Wonderful people. All right, here's a word from Mark. Don't go anywhere. Mr. Terry, man, you're so awesome. We love you, buddy. Thank you, guys. I enjoy it. I love talking with you guys. Famous author, poet, philosopher, naturalist, and tax resistor, Henry David Thoreau, knew and understood the importance of hunting, and that's why he said, when some of my friends have asked me anxiously about their boys, whether they should let them hunt, I have answered yes, remembering that it was one of the best parts of my education. Make them hunters. JimandTrev.com. Go there. Listen. Learn. If you're like us, you love the outdoors. It's that special place where you can forget the day-to-day and just unwind. It's your sanctuary, your heaven on earth. We're in the same boat. 
which is why we built just the vehicle to take you there, the 2015 Nissan Titan. It's our biggest, baddest, most capable pickup truck that sports a beefy 317 horsepower from a massive V8 engine, complete with a one-ton payload and up to a hardcore 9,500 pounds of towing capability, giving you more than enough power to get your boat out of the driveway and into the lake. See you out on the water. Nissan. Innovation that excites. Available features. See Nissan Towing Guide and Owner's Manual for proper use. Cargo and load capacity limited by weight and distribution. Always secure all cargo. The Revolution with Jim and Trav present Real Men of the Outdoors. Real Men of the Outdoors. Today we salute you, Mr. Jim. Look who it is, it's Jim. With his endless supply of Tommy Bahama outfits. Safari hats and sandals. What were you thinking? I was going to change my name to Tommy Bob. You think it looks natural, but it couldn't look weirder. Unless maybe it had a propeller. Oh, look at the freak. I do have new shorts. <laughs> well, I got Hollywood legs. Look, I, I like to wear shorts and a t-shirt when I record. Do you know that I have barbecue sauce on my knuckle? Yeah, I did lick it off. So once again, we salute you. Oh, grandpappy of the outdoors, Mr. Jim. I don't know if it was from yesterday or last week. It's the grandpappy of the outdoors. You're on the revolution with Jim and Trav. Interesting show, Trav. I know, I sniffed the whole thing. It was uh, good smells. All right, so big shout out to Terry Jury. Also, Greg Ritz, Mrs. Bunny, and Jimby. I'm going to start calling you Jimby all the time. Oh, that would be good. I'm kind of tall and purple. Oh, that's Gumby. Right? Wish we could have a whole show about sniffing. Oh, yeah. All right, so uh, big shout out to everybody. Thanks so much. Yeah. Hey, we want to thank our 434 affiliate stations, our advertisers, and everyone that makes the show possible, like Miss Bunny, Fun Joe, our producer, Mark Paneri, and Frank the Sound Guy. That's right. And if you haven't already, get some kids out in the woods. Teach them how to smell. And, and get them smelling stuff. That's yeah. what you got to do. This is the perfect time of year. Do it before fall season start. Get them out there with you. That's right. Get their, their sniffer tuned up. All right, so introduce them to hunting and Jesus. Local news and weather is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. We all love you, boys and girls, and uh, make sure you have colonnades. Make sure that sniffer's clean. <laughs> all right, so <laughs> we'll return next week. Peace out. We love you, boys and girls. Bye.